Welcome to the Transforming Discipleship Podcast, brought to you by smallgroups.com, a podcast designed for church leaders who are actively seeking to make disciples for Jesus Christ in the world. I'm your host, Oliver Hurst, and today we get to be joined by a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, Jeff Klein. Jeff, welcome. How are you doing? Thanks, Oliver. I'm doing well. I mean, I'm old now. You know, we share the same birthday, but it's like super It's separated. the same birthday. Same birthday. January 7th. That's right. Big time. That's, that was a cool moment when it was. we realized that. It was. And yeah. you were like exactly double my age. Exactly. That was such a great moment for me. <laughs> that was a great moment for me, too. I love it. Now, I got to ask you, you're wearing a hat that says G-O-A-T, yeah. the goat. Yeah. What is this about? Well, my kids encouraged me to buy it on the Jersey Shore. And they've given the G a lot of different names, you know. So I know it stands for the greatest of all time, but they've called me the grumpiest of all time, the goofiest of all time, and then they've added some other Gs I won't share right now. So. Uh, they're not they're not transforming discipleship no, podcast. They're worthy. not okay. No, no. Well, we're glad you're here. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, we get different guests coming through, and um, I've been looking forward to having you on. So I'm, I'm pumped, Jeff. For those of you who don't know my friend Jeff, Jeff's a husband, a father. He's a pastor of outreach and evangelism in the Chicago area. He's a writer, a speaker, and he has, I mean, how many, you've probably spoken, I'm guessing, I mean, over a thousand events at least, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, you're, I, speaking, you're double It's my funny, age. when you exactly <laughs> think about it, I would say there's thousands of kids who know Jesus from camps I've been at or conferences or youth it's conventions. Th- it's or, thousands, maybe tens thousands. of thousands. It I feel be. like, yeah. like I've known you for 15 years and you have always been speaking multiple times all around the U.S. at different churches, pastoring, um, teaching in schools. And uh, it has been a, a just a joy to be around you and to be a student under your teaching and to be able to be blessed by that. And, uh, and It's also actually, t- as you know, it must be a sign there's a God because... <laughs> If God can use me, Oliver, as you know, right? Absolutely there must true. be a God. You know, that's like the first ingredient for discipleship, right? Like, you got to have God. That's right. That's it's just, key. It's just it. Done. That's, that's we key. Just, we can walk out. That's right. All right. <laughs> well, every time I've been around you, and my family's gotten a chance to be about around your family, and I've seen your kids grow up, and you have four kids. Early, we're talking, your oldest, second, your oldest, oldest. second oldest is Get getting married. married yeah, so. July 11, so... It's, crazy. It's so cool. Congratulations on it. Thank you. And what I love about all four of your kids is they all, to one degree or another, love Jesus and want to serve him. And so it's not just that you've spoken at so many different places and you know thousands of kids have given life to Jesus to follow because of being around you and, and hearing God speak through you. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I guess I wanted to have you on because I've seen you in front of 600 students giving an amazing message. Uh, you remember the one where you did the Play-Doh? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. So you you were speaking on Jeremiah, maybe, or Deuteronomy? Well, I, was, I looked up all these verses in the heart in the Bible, and, and I found this one, the circumcision of the heart. And yeah. So I dug into this, and I'm like, what is this? And so then, yeah, I started talking about, you know, this heart that we have and then how it gets kind of hardened. And how circumcising it is allowing God to peel off those layers. And you used Play-Doh. I did. I remember yeah. you're up on the stage, you got like you got hundreds of kids in this theater. They're all they're all listening to you. And and I love that that teenagers and college students, I mean, you have weight. When you speak, God uses you, you have an authority and anointing, and you're using this creative element of Play-Doh and you're cutting away this hard layer to show it to us. Yeah. And it was so yeah. memorable. But it's those moments, and then it's also the moments of watching your four kids grow up, and now some of them are serving. Isn't your oldest now doing 
Yeah, my oldest young, is doing Young Life in young Austin, life. Texas. My second oldest, who's getting married, she's actually working for Teach for America in Northeast Indianapolis in a school, KIPP charter school, and she's working with second graders who are really in a vulnerable and difficult situation, loving kids. She feels her calling is to heal children. Wow. Um, and she heard that at church when she was at Taylor University as a college student. So, yeah. So, how do you do it? I want to know as a father, I want to know what are the essentials as you see it, I mean, one of my favorite verses and one of the verses that kind of propels me forward as a pastor of discipleship, and you know it, 1 John 2, 6, right? Anyone who claims to be in Jesus must walk as Jesus walked. And you yep. claim to be in Jesus, you claim to be a Christian, and I've watched you for 15 years. Try your best to walk as Jesus walked. It's compelling, it's inspiring, it's authentic. So what are the essentials, Jeff, that have pushed you forward as you've been doing ministry over the years and in your family and in all kinds of other contexts, what do you see as the essential ingredients for discipleship? Well, for me, it begins, you know, first John one, one, I love that verse. John says basically what I've seen with my eyes, what I've heard with my ears, what I've touched with my hands and I've looked at with my mind, this I proclaim to you. I think that so many people in the church have prayed a prayer or gone through a class or sat and listened to sermons, but have they really met Jesus? You can't follow someone if you don't even know the person you're following. So yeah. a lot of people are just, they're following uh, concepts or they're following morals or following doctrine or theology. That's not the Christian faith. The Christian faith is about a person. Right? A relationship. Jesus, yeah, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. So we should be able to hear him, see him, touch him, and look into him. And so I like to think whenever I go to a camp or even my own kids, I wanted them to have an experience with this living person that they could actually look back on and tell me about. So my kids can all tell me about a experience they've had with the Lord Jesus. And I think that's a huge beginning of like, wow, if he's that compelling, I want to follow him now. Right? And you can't force that. No. And so, I mean, what do you do? Do you just create space for them to, to hopefully be in a spot where they have the encounter? I mean... Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to create space. I when I like as a camp speaker, uh, I remember the first time I had to present the gospel. I tried the typical way of like bow your heads, you know, uh, give the formula, and then I you know lift up your heads. I felt like I was gonna throw up, to be honest. So I was like, after that, I was like, you know what? This doesn't feel quite right to me. Like, I'm not interested in kids having a prayer they pray. I want them to meet Jesus. So I started to kind of live by the credo. What if I don't? What if they don't remember the speaker's name? but they remember Jesus' name and the encounter they had with Jesus. So I started laying down crosses. I started leaving silence. I started letting kids have an experience where they sought the Lord on their own. And kids would come back and report to me, Jesus said this to me, Jesus showed up this way. You know, so my own kids, the same thing. It was like pastor's kids can always get all these rules they got to follow. And it's usually more about the pastor than it is about the kids, right? We, we want to make sure that everyone thinks we're good parents and we're good Christians. And so we beat our kids up. And that doesn't make kids have faith. Like, yeah. you know, like, why am I forcing my kids? I want my kids to know this Jesus and, and just know how amazing he is and how much, you know, he loves them and he, they can love him back and that he's a real person. So that's the kind of space my wife and I made in our house and whenever I did camps and wherever, really, still at this point in my ministry, I just try to make space for the Lord to move in and speak yeah. and do his thing. I was just talking to somebody earlier today and uh, he said, you know, we can pursue God in those spaces, but at the same time, God can pursue us. And he was telling me he's got exactly. this one student that relentlessly he can see God pursuing him. And, and so that happens too. So I guess, where is that in your world? Like, I, I've come to believe that we've made discipleship way too complicated. Like I've been working with some friends and just like, how do we keep this a simple process? Like, it seems like Jesus was really big on who obeyed him. 
who listened to him and then actually did what he said. Mm. So I've been starting to use these questions, you know, like, okay, if I walk up to a person in my church, I'll say, so what did Jesus teach you this week? What's he saying to you? And they, you know, they, they sometimes look at me like, what are we talking about? I'm like, well, did Jesus say anything to you? Has he spoken to you through, through your Bible or I don't know, through a dream? They just look at you like you're an alien. They think I'm nuts. Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm like, like you're well, the G-O-A-T. Exactly. I said, Jesus must've said something to you. Right. And then I said, and so if he said something to you, what is he asking you to yeah, do? That's good. And then, you know, if he's asking you to do something, well, have you done it? Well, no, I haven't done it. Okay. Why not? Like, so a lot of times I think that the life of following Jesus is, again, it's like Jesus said, you know, that little parable he told about the house built in the rock, the house built in the sand. We yeah. missed the key phrase in there. And that is whoever takes these words of mine and obeys them and does them, that person's house is on the rock. We made it into, if you pray this prayer, Jesus in your heart, your house is on the rock. No, that's not what it says. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's obey. You know, so if Jesus tells you to go bring an egg to your neighbor, you better go bring an egg to your neighbor. But we don't really think that way. Yeah. We kind of think. Christianity is more of this head game where we learn this stuff. We don't actually do anything, right? That makes a lot of sense to me. So you're saying there's not really a formula that we need to follow, and we don't need to make this more complicated than it really is. It's about creating space. It's about praying for a space for that the spirit can move and collide with the life of another. Exactly. And uh, and trust that in the end of the day, it's going to be God that's doing this work. Yeah. And God approaches everyone differently because we're all different people. We all have different personalities. And so I don't think he approaches them. If I read my Bible, he didn't approach anyone the same way. Jesus approached people all different ways, right? He didn't like follow some formula. So again, the formulas were made to help us be better at evangelism and better at sharing our faith. But now we've turned them into, oh, we got to do these four words if we're going to what? No, that's not, that's not. So, so, so tell me more. What else? I mean, what did you do in the home with your kids? You created space. You and your wife were on the same page and, and trying to do that the best you guys knew how. What, what other yeah, things we, did we, you do like as a father with your kids, um, with your son or your daughter? Did things look different? Deuteronomy 6. I love this passage. Verse 7 especially. Impress these things on your children. Yeah, how do you do that? Well, I think again, it's like helping them to see where God's at work around them. So like, you know, let's, for instance, here's a silly idea. You know, we used to watch the dumb show, Modern Family, which most people are Christians, but like, what? There's a gay couple (laughs) on there. What? Yes, there is. And guess what? There's gay people in the world. And so we're going to meet them. Yeah. So we would pause the show and say, so kids, what's going on right now? Like what's happening? Tell us about these guys. Tell us what's your reaction to this? You know, and we'd have a conversation in the middle of the show. So we use, you know, again, I love how Jesus said, you know, go and the present tense verb is as you are going, make a disciple. Deuteronomy says, talk about these things when you're walking along, getting up, lying down. So instead of, again, like, okay, here's our discipleship time for this half hour. No, every moment is discipleship time. It's not like quarantined off to like, let's just read the Bible at breakfast together or at dinner. It's like an ongoing daily Every hour, whenever the moments arise. Yeah, so it's it's about being aware, okay, wow, does God have a teachable moment here for my kids? Mm. I better help them understand this, right? And and really, you know, step in and help them interpret this because kids aren't going to interpret it unless someone actually helps them interpret it. So yeah. helping them see, hey, that might be God. What? Really? Yeah, that might be God. He might be actually speaking to you right now. Mm-hmm. You better go listen and ask him if he's got something for you. You know, Lana was a journaler. You know, our oldest daughter, she journaled. Ben was a talker. So, you know, every kid's different again. Like, how does every kid relate? You know, how does every kid enter into this process? And so you have to talk to every kid differently and treat them all, you know, according to how God made them. 
You know, if we believe that verse, God created us in Christ Jesus to do the good works he prepared in advance for us to do, well, he didn't create all of us the same. So right. again, following formulas, right? And that stuff all translates over into ministry. I mean, everything you just got done saying about thinking through and, and asking your kids these questions and, and meeting them where they're at. I mean, all of that as ministry leaders listening and tuning into this right now, that's helpful, not just for our own families. Like for me, I'm walking away thinking about that right now for my own son and daughter. But how about now as a pastor walking into your ministries and small groups and the people you're shepherding, we meet those people where they're at and, and um, disciple and grow them and challenge them. Right, which is why, you know, the face-to-face thing, like I think that's another thing. In our culture, we don't get face-to-face anymore. It's all through phones and through, so, you know, to make our kids put their phones down and sit at the dinner table. People don't realize just having dinner with your children or having face-to-face contact with people where you look each other in the eye, that is a powerful, life-changing kind of thing. You can't escape when you're looking someone in the eye. You yeah. can't. You can't avoid, you can't, right? I've noticed, and I read this the other day, that sometimes it's really tough for fathers to look their sons in the eye. And I've even caught myself, I mean, my son's six years old. I catch myself sometimes, like, I don't know what it is. And I've had to force myself, no, I'm going to look into his eyes and I'm going to ask him a question. Henry, what was your moment of joy today? Tell exactly. me about that. Yeah. And then and then, he, then we have this powerful moment at the, t- at the table. And it's this moment of, what brought your heart joy today? And what was it that brought mom's heart joy and, and Penny's heart joy? And we yep. get to have this powerful moment of connection and we can praise God in that moment. We can teach our kids about praising God. And it's yep. sure we're going to maybe read a Psalm at some point or whatever, but we're in real time organically trying to find the ways to yep. lift up the Lord and see how he's intricately related to these moments of joy. Yep. Yeah. Fa- Father Larry Richards actually said that, if you want your kids to follow Jesus, they need to know that he's real to you. Mm. So I wonder how many people like, do kids know what their parents' faith is? Do they understand how their parents got to know Jesus and what Jesus means to them? My kids know what Jesus means to me. They know what he means to my wife, right? We've talked about it. So it's not like this is some abstract theological concept. This is like something we've chatted about and discussed and wrestled through. And they've seen us struggle. They've seen us wrestle, you know, it's okay. I love the way you just articulated that. And it reminds me of something you said a number of years ago, you, you'll probably remember it, but the Christian faith in the family is not taught, it's caught. Exactly. When it's caught, it is being taught, but it's not just a bunch of axioms I'm rattling off. It's something modeled. And if Jesus isn't real for us, how can we expect Jesus to be real for them? And the same is true for me as a pastor. If I'm getting up on a Sunday morning or a small group leader, if Jesus isn't real for us listening, he's. how can we expect him to be real for anybody else? Yep. So that's good, man. Thank yep. you for that last point. I yep. appreciate so much you being here and taking the time to be Thanks. with us. It has been a pleasure to uh, to chat with you. Uh, thank you for the ministry leaders who've been tuning into this episode of Transforming Discipleship Podcast. It's a podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. If you're looking for books, Bible studies, or training resources to build your small group ministry, we would love it if you visited smallgroups.com today. If you'd love to get in touch with Jeff Klein, Reverend Jeff Klein, you can explore more of the discipleship things, and he loves to uh, to to share and disciple in all kinds of contexts, you can reach him at Rev, R-E-V-J-J Klein, K-L-E-I-N at gmail.com. Jeff, thank you so much. Thanks, Oliver. It was awesome to be with you. Yeah. Blessings to you who are tuning in.